0: In today's episode, we're going to look at some pro-revenge stories. Don't forget to subscribe with notifications on and leave a comment. She hated me and made me think I was an idiot. In high school, over 10 years ago, I was quiet and attentive in class. Teachers liked me. I wasn't popular, but I had good friends. I say this all to explain that in high school, things were relatively calm for me. I played sports, was on the student newspaper, and got decent grades. However, that all changed my second semester junior year. I've always been a voracious reader. My freshman English teacher recommended I move up to the honors English track so I did for freshman, sophomore and the first half of junior year. Then I was put into classical literature my second semester junior year. I've always loved Greek and Roman stories and had already read your typical high school classical reading list on my own. I didn't mind reading them again until I met Miss Umbridge. She put on a sweet facade but she was downright evil. She also decided that she hated me. I still do not know why or what transgression I committed, but she hated me. I assume it was because of my habit of sometimes nodding off in class. At the time I had undiagnosed thyroid issues and was getting up at 5am for swim practice. I say sometimes because it maybe happened twice a month total between all 8 classes. I don't remember nodding off in her class, but it could have happened. Anyway, her class was 50% essays slash written reports. The rest were random quizzes and a couple of tests. I was on the student newspaper and I was a decent writer. I wasn't worried about maintaining a B or up. We wrote our first paper and I got a D. I was shocked. The only class I struggled in was chemistry and still my lowest assignment grade was a C. After class, I asked Miss Umbridge what I did wrong because her notes were minimal. She told me my assessment of the material was uninspired. Okay, can you direct me to an example of an inspired assessment? Come back during study hall. Thinking she'd have some example materials for me to review, I got a pass to see her during study hall. Nope. She spent the full hour basically telling me I was an idiot. I remember leaving and crying because she didn't tell me anything constructive. My friend, the eventual valedictorian, offered to help me on my next paper. My friend and I spent hours on my next paper. She never got anything below an A- on anything. I got another D. My friend was furious. She took it to her AP English teacher and asked him to review it. She said she was entering a writing competition and wanted advice. He said, it was great. Her typical A-plus work. My friend, quicker on the uptake, asked me for a copy of my original assignment. She asked her AP English teacher to look it over too, and he said she should enter the first one. This one was still good. He'd probably give it an A-minus, but the other paper was better. My friend was convinced Miss Umbridge was treating me unfairly for some reason, and she must not like me. My friend wanted me to tell my parents or my school counselor, a teacher didn't like me? That had never happened. Sure, they all didn't love me, but none had actively disliked me. I decided I'd try one more time, but this time get Miss Umbridge to help me. Despite the previous horrors of spending study hall with Miss Umbridge, I went to her office during study hall three times before the next paper was due. She reviewed the paper and gave me tips on revising it each time. She did this in red pen. I took notes. By the time the next paper was due, I had three revised versions with her notes in red ink on each one. I got a D- Plus, She smirked and congratulated me on my improvement. I was done. My friend was right. She had it out for me and was giving me bad grades on purpose. I'm a laid back person, but I was pissed. Never before been this pissed. I took my paper to my newspaper teacher. Sure, he didn't teach English, but our student paper constantly won awards because of his work. I told him I was having trouble in English, and could he please look over my paper and give me advice? He was a little confused. Confused as to why I didn't ask my English teacher, but he did it. He also told me it was great, but gave me a few minor changes to make. I asked him if he thought it was a B or better. He said he'd give it an A. Not 100%, but a solid A. I went to my friend and we brainstormed. I couldn't request a drop slash add. This wasn't college. You don't just switch classes in my high school unless the teacher recommends an honor placement. That's not true, said my friend. The football and the basketball guys get moved to easier classes all the time to keep their grades grades up, so they are eligible for games. The athletics director was a friend of my dad, so I requested a meeting with him and and my swim coach after school one day, and I told them I was in danger of losing my eligibility to swim because I was pulling a D in the class. I wanted to move classes, but I knew I'd need approval from administration, which I couldn't get without a good reason. They asked if I had requested help. I explained I had asked for help from multiple people, but my grade wasn't improving. I didn't know what to do. They asked to see my papers, I sat while they read them. They both looked at me confused. Neither of them could understand how those papers were worth only a D. The student vice president was brought in. He asked who helped me. I explained my friend. He knew who she was. Again, a future valedictorian. And she had even asked her AP English teacher to look it over for advice. I had also asked my newspaper teacher to help me. The student vice president asked if I had ever actually asked my teacher for help. I smiled and handed him the three revised versions of the paper. Number three with Miss Umbridge's red ink all over them. He frowned. The AP English teacher and my newspaper teacher were pulled into the meeting. They were each asked to grade the papers. All three papers got an A- minus or better. While this was going on, my dad was called in by the athletics director. My dad was pissed. He demanded I be moved to another class and that Miss Umbridge be put under review. Clearly, she wasn't grading students on their work, but on her own personal opinions. The school administration obviously bristled at the accusation that a teacher was treating students unfairly. A lot of arguing that I wasn't allowed to sit in on occurred in the vice president's office. I could hear plenty of yelling as six adult men argued over the appropriate next steps. It was decided that myself, my dad, the vice president, and athletics director would have a meeting with Miss Umbridge. The following morning, before school, we all met. Miss Umbridge seemed to think she was going in to tell everyone why I was so stupid. The vice president explained that if I maintained a D in her class, I would lose my extracurricular eligibility, and we were all meeting to discuss what to do. She smirked and said I should be moved to the non-honors English class, and I had no business being an Honors English. I didn't have the aptitude to understand the complex classical literature they were studying, and I would probably need a tutor to even get through basic English. I've never seen my father so red, and I half expected to see steam coming out of his ears. The vice president asked, Why didn't she try to help me improve? She said it was up to students to put in the initiative to get better. The vice president asked if that meant I had never asked her for help. She said that I had not. The vice president then pulled out three revised versions of paper number three and handed them to Miss Umbridge. Now it was her turn to be read. She called me a liar and said those notes weren't hers. Things got heated and I was asked to leave again. I sat outside the office. This time the secretary was there and we both heard the shouting. School was set to start in 30 minutes and they were all just shouting. The AP English teacher and the newspaper teacher were called again more shouting. About five minutes to the start of class, the teachers left and I was called back in. If looks could kill, I'd have died then and there when Miss Umbridge walked out of the VP's office. I was being moved to basic English effective immediately. My current grade would not carry over. I would not need to make up any past assignments and my new teacher would be instructed to grade me only on the assignments going forward. My new English teacher, Miss Honey, ended up being the English department head. She was at least 65 years old and had been doing this for decades. After 2.5 years of honors English, this class was easier than PE. I barely had to try to get an A, but I refused to let Miss Honey think Miss Umbridge had been right. I tried harder in that class than any other class that semester. I finished projects so quickly that I was asked to tutor a girl struggling in the class. I spent half the class period just helping this girl understand the material. I helped her go from a C- to a B+. I got something like 104% in the class. At the end of the semester, Miss Honey called me into her office during study hall. She was recommending that I return to honors English for C. Senior year. I must have looked panicked because she assured me Miss Umbridge would not be my teacher. In fact, she would not be anyone's teacher. She was leaving at the end of the school year. Miss Umbridge was only in her late 20s and unmarried, too early to retire, and my high school was still one of the best paying school districts in the state. I knew what leaving meant, but Miss Honey still explained I was put in her class on purpose. The school administration trusted Miss Honey to determine the truth of Miss Umbridge's claim that I was basically a lying idiot. Miss Honey stated that I very clearly belonged in honors English. She apologized if her class had not been challenging enough for me. I cried. I mean full-on ugly snot cried. I didn't realize it, but part of me had actually believed Miss Umbridge up until that moment. Miss Honey hugged me and consoled me. I spent senior year in honors English and spent my study hall tutoring Miss Honey's struggling students. To this day, I think about that awful woman fairly regularly. My career is strongly writing-based, and I still worry about obsessively over my writing. I hope she never taught again because she wrecked havoc on my self-confidence. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. The very first question I have is why? I was really hoping that somewhere in this story we would understand exactly why was this OP singled out as opposed to everyone else when clearly other people were getting pretty good grades and the OP was a pretty good writer. The only hint we get as to why the OP was singled out is that it's the OP's opinions and not the quality of their work, but we don't really even know what those opinions are necessarily. And maybe it wasn't the opinion, maybe it was just something that happened outside the context of the assignments or outside of the school itself. And Miss Umbridge was just angry about that for whatever reason. Or maybe the OP just reminded Miss Umbridge of somebody that she didn't like. For whatever reason, she just really did not like the op, I do think it's pretty cool and not very common for the op here to go through all the steps to really isolate the variable because not only did the op go through and have other teachers grade these papers, the op also went to Miss Umbridge directly to have her do it herself, and also get the future valedictorian to come in and give her shot at it. So it didn't really seem like it mattered what she did, which is how the op could know definitively for sure that the writing wasn't the problem. But if you guys have ever been situation like this let me know what happened down below or if not What would you do if you're in this situation? Can't you just unload around me? I work in construction as the foreman for a new house build. The location is kind of strange. The house is 250 feet up a hill via a footpath only. All of our materials have to come up this footpath by hand. It's a pain in the butt to carry manually, quite literally, an entire house up this hill. One of our saving graces is having the two parking spots at the street at the bottom of this hill marked with official no parking signs. Unfortunately, there is an elementary school about half a block away and the parents of children seem to regularly, at least twice a day, think it's okay to park in our spots. Now, I consider myself a reasonable person. So, if someone is parked in the spots and we don't have a delivery or a need to park the truck, I will let it go. If we need the spots and there's someone parked there, however, I will ask them to move nicely and most of the time they do so immediately. Until today. Today. I get a call from the lumber delivery truck that is in route to our location. He says he'll be there in about two or three minutes. I let him know I'll meet up at the street and make sure he has a space to park. He's carrying all of the material to frame the roof of our house, which is a lot of really big lumber and will easily take an hour to bring up the hill. So naturally, I didn't want him parked in the middle of the street with his hazards on for an hour when we have a perfectly good parking spot for him. As I began my trip down the hill, I noticed there's a school parent sitting in her car idling. Assuming she's just waiting to pick up her child, I walk up to her car and politely let her know she's parked in a no parking zone and we really need her to clear it to park park a delivery truck. She scoffs at me and rudely states back, it'll just be a few minutes and your truck isn't here. Take a chill pill, dude. Before I can respond, a giant lumber truck comes around the corner and I wave to him and then gesture towards him to the woman in the car who has now put her window back up to ignore me. I put on my best customer service smile and wave at her through the window. She put it down halfway and angrily shouts, what? By now, the truck has pulled up alongside her car and I politely ask her again, with a stronger tone of voice to move her vehicle. Reminding her that she is illegally parked in a tollway zone. Then she gives me this wonderful idea. She says Can't you guys just unload around me? Jeez, it's not that hard. I give her another smile and walk away. A brilliant plan forming in my mind. I instruct the delivery driver to park as close to her as possible and block her in with the porta potty that is at one end of our reserve spots and the parked car that is parked just adjacent to our spot on the other end. He smiles because he immediately gets what I'm trying to do and proceeds to expertly block this lady and her car into a little two parking spot jail. We unstrap the lumber and my guys begin hauling material up the hill. Meanwhile, I call the police parking enforcement to let them know the situation. At this point in time, I wasn't trying to get in trouble. I just wanted a record of why we were blocking part of the street so we don't get in trouble with the city. The very friendly traffic officer lets me know that she can be there in about 30 minutes and deal with the situation for me wonderful as we continue to unload lumber the child of the parent shows up and wouldn't you know it mom is just now realizing that the lumber truck is parked so close she can't get out of her driver's door to meet the kid she awkwardly clambers across the inside of her car and stumbles out the passenger door shooting glaring looks at me and the truck driver in the process she loads her kid into the back and then begins to realize she has no way of leaving she comes storming up to myself and the driver and states i in a big hurry. You need to move your dang truck right now so I can go. Before I can respond the driver gets a grin on his face and says ma'am in order to unload the lumber on the truck we had to unstrap it and per our company policy I'm not allowed to move the truck with any unsecured load on it sorry. This sends her into a near aneurysm level of blood pressure. Meanwhile, I can barely contain my laughter. Screw your policy, I have somewhere to be! She barks back at him. At this point, with impeccably convenient timing, the parking enforcement officer shows up and parks behind the truck. She doesn't see the officer arrive, and while the officer is still getting out of her vehicle, I just casually say, Can't you just pull out around it? It's not that hard. With the biggest grin I've ever had on my face, and I watch as she realizes that I just used her line on her. F-E-O! She yells and storms back to her car, angrily clambers back into the passenger door and into the driver's seat. At this point, the officer is walking up to myself and the driver. Before she can even introduce herself, the mom in the car slams it into reverse, stomps on the gas, crashing into our porta potty and knocking it over and then throws her car to drive and tries to mount the curb and drive on the sidewalk. The officer, driver and I are staring in disbelief as she gets halfway over the curb and the car gets stuck. I can hear her screaming obscenities over the idling truck from inside her car. The officer promptly walks up to the door of her car and orders her out. My favorite part of this entire thing is watching her face go to shock as she realized she did it all in front of that police officer. She gets slapped in cuffs as the parking officer calls for a second unit and she is promptly sat on the very curb that she tried to drive over. She sits on the curb yelling to the now two officers about how we told her she could stay there and that we never asked her to move. The traffic officer responds that she was the only one who was originally called when she first refused to move and that she already knows what's going on. While myself and the driver are giving a report to the second officer, my guys finish moving the remainder of the lumber and the driver finishes his statement and takes off and goes back to the yard. By the end of the ordeal, she was arrested, charged with child and Endangerment because her kid was in the back of the car the whole time, reckless driving, destruction of property, the property being the porta potty, and driving on a suspended license. On top of all of that, she also got her car towed. The kid went home with his grandma and she went to spend some quality time in a cell. I never expected her to actually heed my advice to just pull around it, but I think next time she'll probably think twice about parking in a tow zone if she ever gets a license again. Was I the jerk? That is a lot of charges to get just because you don't want to move your car. I can't believe she actually drove straight into the porta potty destroying it and then thought somehow that her car could get over the curb with that little space to even get speed. Even if she had the space to get the speed, maybe it wouldn't have worked out, but this just seems so obviously not a good idea. At least she got child endangerment because the entire time this was happening, I was thinking the poor kid is in the back seat that has no control over what's happening when his mom is just completely losing it. he has to just live through it all and also you have to be pretty not aware of your surroundings to not realize that this truck was parked so close to your door that you couldn't open it until you're about to open your door how could you not hear that truck or not see it in your peripheral vision to know that it was right there that seems like maybe she was just on her phone the entire time and she was just totally out of it but let me know what you guys would do in this situation and do you think the op here is the jerk or not